Thank you for downloading this podcast from BJOG. My name is Patrick Chen and welcome to reading the 2023 team issue on gynecological oncology. We launched a call for papers for this issue at the beginning of last year, and this was advertised in both the print publication and electronically through the BGOG website and social media. Since then, we have been inundated with 102 submissions from around the world. I'm grateful to all the contributors of all these submissions. Unfortunately, the majority of all these submissions were not accepted for publication due to a variety of reasons, one of which is that they do not fit within the publication scope of the journal. The BJOG reports on clinical research on women's health and studies on the molecular science relating to gynecological oncology can sometimes be difficult to be understood by our readership and may instead be more suited to be reported in a more specialised journal. Nevertheless, the editorial team managed to commission four commentaries and selected four systematic reviews and six original articles with a mini-commentary to accompany one of these articles. In this issue, Machander and Sideris discuss about the feasibility and practicalities of implementing a population-based genetic testing program for cancer susceptibility genes. They argued that the traditional model of selective testing based on certain clinical criteria will still miss a significant portion of at-risk individuals, and testing should be implemented with a health service funded by taxation in order to ensure ease of access and a high uptake. Evidence of feasibility and acceptability of undertaking population BRCA gene testing in the Ashkenazi Jews in the UK was presented, and the UK is about to set up pilot sites for such testing in all Jewish individuals. In keeping with the topic of screening for susceptibility to gynecological cancer or for pre-malignant disease, Haoko and Cruikshank provided an update of the experience so far with the implementation of the high-risk human papillomavirus cervical screening within the UK and globally. For the management of ovarian cancer, Aronson and colleagues discussed the current role of cisplatinum-based hypothermic intraperitoneal chemotherapy, a high-pack for short, following radical cytoreductive surgery for advanced-stage disease. This treatment remains controversial, but the current evidence only supports using high-pack with interval surgery and the benefit of this treatment in other clinical settings remain unproven. Previous studies have supported the recommendation not to perform opportunistic bilateral sarpingulophorectomy or BSO for short at the time of hysterectomy for non-malignant indications. This is based on the observation that BSO during hysterectomy was associated with a subsequent increase in all cause of mortality. Cusimano and Ferguson, using more recent data, argued that this increase in mortality gradually decreases as women approach the average age of the natural menopause and appears to be absent thereafter. Hence, they suggested that a more balanced approach may be adopted with BSO being offered to those women who are near or after the menopause during hysterectomy for a benign indication as a safe and effective option for ovarian cancer risk reduction. The first systematic review in this issue by Van Wilden and colleagues evaluated the response of progestogen treatment in advanced and recurrent endometrial carcinoma. 
the overall response rate with this treatment was 30%. And those tumors with positive progesterone receptor expression were found to have a higher response rate than those who were receptor negative. In the second review, Lee and colleagues assessed the efficacy and safety of ablative versus excisional techniques for the treatment of cervical intraepithelial neoplasia grade 2 or 3. They reported that the risk of persistence or recurrence of disease after ablative treatment among women with histologically confirmed CIN 2 stroke 3 was significantly higher compared to excisional procedure with similar safety profiles. The BGOG is one of the pioneer journals that encouraged the development and use of core outcome sets in clinical research. Yong and colleagues conducted a systematic review of the variation in outcome reporting in studies on fertility sparing surgery for cervical cancer. This review reported that most studies reported on oncological fertility and pregnancy outcomes, intra and post-operative complications and quality of life with significant heterogeneity. There is therefore a need to harmonize the outcomes used for such studies. There has been considerable debate on what is the most optimal surgical route for undertaking a radical hysterectomy for early stage cervical cancer. The only randomized controlled trial comparing the recurrence and survival rates between minimal, minimally access and open radical hysterectomy show that more favorable outcomes with the later surgical route. Since then, there has been speculation on the reasons for these observed findings. One of these speculations is that the use of a uterine manipulator with the minimally access method can result in spillage of tumor cells. Lee and colleagues undertook a systematic review to compare these outcomes in women undergoing either straight-state laparoscopic or robotic radical hysterectomy without the use of a uterine manipulator versus open surgery, and the results still showed that the clinical outcomes are still more superior with the laparotomy route. This review only included observational studies, and there is significant heterogeneity in some of the pool results, highlighting the need for further research in this area. The five original articles deal mainly with the diagnosis and treatment of CIN. Wersmer and colleagues evaluated the added diagnostic value of performing digital imaging to reflex cytology, which is cytology performed directly on high-risk HPV-positive cell samples in order to avoid having the patient to have a second cervical cytology sample taken by a healthcare professional and hence reduce the default rate for the screening program. The study reported that the sensitivity for detecting abnormal cells using digital imaging on reflex cytology samples increased by 9% compared to the analysis minus digital imaging without compromising on the specificity, therefore resulting in a faster referral for corposcopy assessment. Corposcopy in older women can be challenging due to the difficulty in visualizing the upper extent of the transformation zone to ensure the absence of CIN. Consequently, it is common for these women to have a diagnostic large-loop excision of the transformation zone, or LETS for short, at the first corposcopy visit. Gufterson and colleagues examined the anxiety level of women greater than 45 years old undergoing diagnostic LETS at the first corposcopy visit. 
The study found that overall diagnostic LATs in these women were not associated with high anxiety levels. The same research group also evaluated the clinical utility of employing P16 and CHI-67 dual immunohistological staining compared to cytology alone for detecting cervical intraepithelial lesion grade 2 or worse in women greater than 45 years old having corposcopy for an abnormal screening test with an incomplete visualization of the transformation zone. The use of dual staining with P16 and CHI-67 resulted in an improved sensitivity and more superior negative predictive value compared to cytology alone, and hence may be employed to avoid an unnecessary diagnostic lats in these women. Beecroft and colleagues reported a positive predictive value of corposcopy referrals by liquid-based cytology, or LBC, for short versus high-risk human papillomavirus-based cervical screening for cervical intraepithelial neoplasia in a Scottish cohort which had been offered HPV vaccination. The positive predictive value in relation to cervical screening is defined as a proportion of women referred for corposcopy who were subsequently confirmed to have a histological outcome of CIN2, CIN3, adenocarcinoma in C2, CGIN, or cervical cancer. Although lower positive predictive values based on data from LBC screening have been reported in the vaccinated compared to unvaccinated cohorts, this study reported that the positive predictive value between LBC and high-risk HPV screening methods were not significantly different. For patients with recurrent endometrial cancer who failed to respond to initial treatment with carboplatin and paclitaxel or are unable to tolerate this chemotherapy regime, Dion and colleagues assessed the cost-effectiveness of using dorsalimit versus pembrolizumab and pegylated liposomal doxorubicin, or PLD for short, in those cases with DNA mismatch repair deficiency. The findings suggest that PLD is the most cost-effective therapy, even though dorsalimit and pembrolizumab are associated with longer survival. Dorsalimit becomes cost-effective only if its cost can be reduced by 52% per treatment cycle. Finally, Ren and colleagues reported the use of pretreatment clinical pathological variables with or without the addition of radiotherapy planning CT-based radiomics for the prediction of tumor complete response, five-year overall survival, anemia and leukopenia after intensity-modulated radiation therapy in locally advanced cervical cancer. Prediction models were constructed for these outcomes. The combination of clinical pathological variables with CT-based radiomics resulted in good predictive value for most of the above clinical endpoints. I hope you will find the articles in this issue interesting with cutting-edge clinical information on gynecological oncology. The editorial team has worked diligently to produce this issue within the designated timescale. For this reason, I'm very grateful to the entire editorial team and all the supporting staff for their time and hard work in undertaking this project. Thank you very much for your attention. Thank you for listening to this podcast from BJOG. We have been reporting the best research in women's health since 1902. 
We are keen to hear your views. Tweet us at bjogtweets. You can find more podcasts at www.bjog.org.